Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Just a quick appetizer, uh, this image that I'm pretty sure is real from a couple days ago. Jacksonville beaches reopened over the weekend, and 26 minutes later, somebody took a picture, uh, an aerial view of the beaches, and they're just like packed, just oh completely God. full of uh, people who are just ready to... It's, it seems like... We we are truly in a in a bubble uh, in that we live in a city where people are not uh, outraged by by the fact that we're being asked to shelter in place. It seems like a lot of people are are taking that as a uh, a direct challenge to their autonomy as Americans. That's good. Challenge your mortality at every turn. Yeah. Hell yeah. This is depressing. I think there's also that mentality though. I think like on some level you kind of have to be in denial that anything bad could happen to you. Like, yeah, it's easy to act like this if you haven't accepted, like, you know what? Maybe the universe is so huge, I'm meaningless life form on this <laughs> tiny dot, like, swirling the earth, and it could explode, and that has no effect on anything outside of maybe my social media. You know what I mean? Like, and to think, yeah. like, I can wander around and there's no way I could get sick. That's not going to happen. There's no way anyone, I, I could never be an asymptomatic carrier and then possibly infect someone in my family. Like, it's just, like, you, yeah. you, you're clearly not you, even doing those thoughts. You clearly don't even have those thoughts. You're going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's hit the beach. Yeah. We did our live show on uh, the Zeitgeist of the year 2000. And uh, one of the things we talked about was how the story that came out of the Y2K scare was that everybody got worked up for no reason and it was like not uh, anything to worry about and in reality like they spent a bunch of time and put a bunch of resources into preparing the computers so that nothing bad happened but the way it like kind of came to the general public and hit the zeitgeist was the like well there's nothing to worry about bad things don't happen everything's gonna work itself out you don't have to worry <laughs> about anything and it now I feel like that's been like even though 9-11 happened i feel like people again we had this very traumatic thing happen on tv but it never like reached people anywhere who who weren't like living directly around the the terror attacks so people are and not, and not to mention uh people are having the reaction to the coronavirus that we were told to have to a terrorist attack like when right. the terrorist attack, they're like, don't let them ruin your lives. You go right. about your lives. If you don't go to Disneyland, yeah. the terrorists <laughs> yeah, win. Exactly. And people are reacting <laughs> that way to a pandemic, which is not the correct response. It's like right. if the pandemic wins if you don't go to the beach in Jacksonville. It's like, no, 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 that's for terrorists. That's the terrorist attitude. For pandemic attitude, it's stay at home. It's Rosie the Riveter shit. Do your part. And all you got to do yeah. is just fucking not hurt. Stay, stay home. It feels yeah. like people are like really like will do anything to like regain any sense of control over their lives too is just like, oh, what is one like I oh, I can make a choice. Let me make a bad one. But like <laughs> people are just excited yeah. to be making choices like without regard for anyone else. I will say along the same lines, 
I think a lot of people in this country, and uh, I, again, I'm because of privilege unaware of this. I think a lot of people in this country's lives, according to them, suck shit for 50 to 51 weeks out of the year. Then they get this week to go to the beach in Jacksonville, and then it's like, no, sorry, you can't. It's dangerous. And they're like, no, fuck it. <laughs> There's no, you can't take the. I think I would have had that attitude when I was 20. I feel like my dad would have had that attitude if he was still alive. He'd be like, I bust my ass all fucking year. You're not telling me I can't do blank. Like, <laughs> I think there's that, like, right. modern, that yeah. attitude. And it's because we're so fucking beaten down to live for our vacation or live for our freedom. Yeah. Like, destroy yourself emotionally, physically, spiritually, family <laughs> for your country. But one week a year, go fucking ham. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like, and then people yeah. are told they can't do that or. On the weekends, you can't go to Jacksonville after working a 70-hour shift. Right. So this is kind of a... I, I fully agree that it's, you know, just... The fact that we can't deal with this very basic part where, you know, everybody is supposed to be sheltering in place, but, you know, they, it's been politicized to the point that they're now, you know, that that's going away, and now there's some... Uh, you know, speculation and disagreement added to the mix. And now people are uh, heckling healthcare workers in Colorado at a, a uh, protest where they were basically protesting stay at home orders. Um, mm. They started heckling healthcare workers, which is something that happens actually throughout history. Anytime there's a, a pandemic or a plague, uh, healthcare workers end up being attacked and it'll probably happen that's probably where we're headed but this is still sort of a very basic stage of this pandemic and this new york times article uh over the weekend looked at kind of what the next two years will look like and some of the stages were just very sci-fi dystopia while also i feel like being a little bit too optimistic in places but they start out talking about something that we talked about last week, the possibility that people with antibodies will get like these immunity passports that they will then be able to go out and work and society will be sort of uh, informally split into these two classes. You've got like the immune people who can work and then the people who have to shelter at home. And, you know, they speculate about the possibility that, you know, you see your neighbor being able to go to work and sometimes it will be them going to work the job that you lost because you can't like that's gonna it's gonna really fuck with people jesus yeah and then maybe wow. like if you have uh the antibodies you get like a uh if you don't if you haven't had coronavirus yet or you're sick or something you get a little mark on you like on your jacket you have to wear like something that says like you're less of a citizen and then if you have right. the antibodies you get like a special hat that says like like Stanford experiment style. You're in charge, and you can <laughs> right. do whatever yeah, the fuck exactly. you want. That's like, it's just another yeah. way to divide people. And it's like, guess what? Families of wealthy people buying the hats that say their kids are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's gonna just immediately yeah. be. And guess what? Exactly. Rich people hack the system. They're all working. It's black people who have the problem now. It's got right. this freaky like all like eugenics vibe to it too. Yeah. Because imagine yeah. right, you need the economy going. It's like. Nah, man, we only work with people with immunity passes or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we need people out there fucking it putting sound, in shit. It sounds man. like a bad metaphor, like that would be, someone would use in a shitty book. They're like, well, if you think about it, the passport means, but like, it, right. it opens up doorways and allows you access you to places understand? and things. It just sounds but, like a shitty metaphor. Yeah. No, but like to the point where, like, even like, 
at, like if you think of like if we go even sci-fi more sci-fi about how a corporation would look at potential employees it's that like well actually we only like people with this genetic makeup because it allows them to do the work we need at our company and right. then like that's like a desirable trait where it's like hey my fucking grandfather was an immunity pass holder my right. fucking dad <laughs> and right. me my fucking kid is not gonna marry some fucking shelter in place weakling like <laughs> you know what I mean like that's what I feel like it leads to. And like realistically, people will falsify, like people will find out how to forge yeah. immunity passports if they, if they want to, not if they want to, but like if, if it comes to that and the government assistance for people who are sheltering in place doesn't come through the way it needs to, people will just fake immunity passports. Of, like of 100, there's going to be like a wealthy hookup guy who's like, right. yeah, hey, billionaires reach out. I'm fucking selling these passes. Uh, or you, you guys got political sway. Ask your fucking senators for a, a pass. Oh, right. Let's talk about uh, grocery stores Because speaking of locations That a lot of people have to go through Grocery stores have been Kind of the single consumer space That still feels somewhat the same Like, I, you know, there were lines At uh, the local Ralph slash Kroger um, Where, you know, that wrapped around the block at first But these days, it's starting to feel a little bit more similar where there's not like long lines and it's not as it's just everybody's wearing masks and gloves. But otherwise, like there's not as many empty shelves, but the employees are getting sick at grocery stores yeah. because, you know, everybody's coming through and the grocery stores you know, like we've talked about how airplanes like are a small margin business and therefore they just don't clean the planes in between flights. And that's why you always get sick after you fly. Grocery stores are a thin margin business. And so they don't do a good enough job of like cleaning the workspace and giving their uh, employees PPE. And, you know, they're, they're getting sick and it's, it's, uh, you know, probably time to think about a different way of doing well, it. Well, it's, there are ways, at least a lot of the grocery stores I've seen, they're, they're trying to do as much as they can to keep the employees safe. There was a poll that from actual grocery store workers that, that said about 85% of the workers felt that the customers themselves do not come in in a way that they feel that they are being safe or regarding their safety in terms of social distancing, walking in there, fucking no mask, fucking coughing and shit. Like, it, like I said, I think because... Going to a grocery store is like it it's like the one thing that still feels normal. Like, yeah, you get your cart. Right. What do I need? I go to this. It's still like there there are ways to sort of kind of like fall fall back into these old patterns. And I think for the people that work there, they're like, yo, these people are fucking wild now. Like, and I'm I and I do not feel safe. The problem is, you know, with a lot of the suggestions that are that people are giving, which is sort of like just go to completely curbside pickup, contactless grocery shopping. It's just tough because that is requires a lot more people to fulfill orders in an efficient way like that than it would just to merely like operate a grocery store. And like to what you're saying, like the margins are so thin, even though there's a lot of people buying groceries now, a lot of that money is being spent on hiring more people just to keep up with the business. So to go to go to that next level, to take it to like a full on use an app. I mean, not only there's also the problem with what do you do to people who cannot access the technology to make a fully online order who do not have credit card? You know, I mean, there's already, there's so many like 
so many issues with it, but it's a problem because like when you look at New York, dozens of grocery store workers have have passed away because of coronavirus. So it's like, yeah. what the fuck? How, you know, so it puts us in this spot where we're not saying we need to close them, but shit, what's the best fucking way to do this? Because we, we, there's, we damn sure can't just keep, you know, putting these workers at risk if, if customers aren't going to exercise responsibility. Yeah, I totally agree that we are not at a place where we can just shut grocery stores because we don't have, like, not everyone has access to just go online and order for a delivery of groceries to show up to them. We're just not prepared. It's not logical at this point and i think like the i'd say like the second most triggering thing for me personally was like when they told us to not go out grocery shopping and i've only been grocery shopping three times since i started isolating on the 12th and it's nerve-wracking because i go to the grocery store and i feel like i see so many other workers doing their like their absolute best like i've only been to 365 here in silver lake and um you know they have the six foot rule for the line, you have to have a mask. They like completely sanitize down the carts before you touch them. And most people inside the stores are being pretty good, but there's just like absolute mouth breathers who will never learn their lessons. Like I will be patiently waiting for someone to finish choosing whatever, you know, pasta they want or whatever. And I'm obviously like six feet away waiting and they're yeah, like lurking, right? Yeah. And an absolute moron will show up, reach over that person, like, ha- yeah. like arm right. over. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, excuse it, me, you got to get these Annie's cheddar bunnies. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> insane. I'm just like, why can't we practice like patience, mindfulness, like just like be in the moment and remember that you can't reach over someone anymore. I had a woman touch. This is so funny, but I had a woman like I left my cart to go get some food and I was two feet away from it. And she, I turned around and she was holding my cart with both hands and she wasn't wearing gloves and I was wearing gloves and a mask and she wasn't wearing um, gloves. I already said that, but I'm freaking out. Um, and when I said, oh, excuse <laughs> me, that's my cart. She went, Ugh. and she like pulled her hands off and then pulled out a, um, a sanitizer wipe. And I was like, oh, she's going to, kindly sanitize my cart which she touched with her disgusting bare hands (laughs) no this woman like wiped her own hands and like walked away looking at me like i was nasty and i was like you're the one going around (laughs) touching people's carts okay yeah you she's got that thing she goes oh you're wearing gloves and a mask you must have you something must be wrong with you see i'm healthy that's why i do not (laughs) have any protection because i am untouched right yeah i was like you you are the wild card that we're all afraid of yeah, like the, the it's it's so funny, like seeing people well, funny but terrifying, seeing people take off their masks to sneeze. Have you guys seen that? No. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my no. Like, I'm so limited wild. in like the time I even spend. I, I treat I try and get in and out as quickly as possible. Cause like I'm half the time I f- feel like I could be asymptomatic. I don't get I don't get sick all the time, but sometimes I'll know people around me, like in my family have. So in my mind I'm like fuck man what if i'm just carrying that shit so like i'd have treat half the time i'm treating myself like i'm the fucking ticking time bomb yeah. like i'm sorry don't even look at me like please just take this fucking like yeah i'm like y'all have apple pay no all right fuck it i'm not coming in here like <laughs> yeah i had to like my yeah. card wasn't working and i had to swipe it more than once and i was panicking i was like oh no i'm so sorry everybody but i like- mean yeah and, and i think that's you'd hope that people can exercise that kind of compassion in terms of like 
I don't do that because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's everything is so bad for me. It's just like, fuck, man, like we have such a duty to each other to try yeah. and ensure the best outcome that it's like you have to like in a way, like I, I have to look at everybody as being my family. Like I got to give a fuck, even if I, you know, whatever, don't know you, but I want to exercise that same amount of courtesy. Like, fuck, bro, like that. If you were my mother, father, brother, whatever, and at the store, I would want to make sure people around you are treating you with, you know, being safe and considerate. So, yeah, yeah. It's, like you want people, I just want people to feel not just, I, I want them to be safe and I want them to not get anything from me or from anyone else. I also just want people to feel comfortable. I feel like you showing up someplace, knowing you're going to be around other people now without a mask and without gloves and without those precautions is the same thing as someone just walking around with their dick hanging out. It doesn't make us feel safe or comfortable and you shouldn't do it because your dick can easily stay in your pants. You don't have to have it out, man. Like It's, it's, the, it's not the new dick hanging out. Yeah, I'm like, you all are a bunch yeah. of Louis C.K.'s and you're fucking freaking me out. Well, he's trying to, well, look, you know, they, they, if the masks are off, then they can fire up this economy as quickly as possible. Man, fuck this economy. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, what one thing that uh, I was just thinking about is that grocery stores used to be a counter that you would go to and basically hand them a list and then they would go in the back and like get the things for you. I wonder if like going back to that model might make sense. Like, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of like takeout restaurants, they have a counter out front that you just have to order ahead and then come pick up your order, which, you know, minimizes the interaction that happens once you're there. But I wonder if even having that sort of, that a uh, model of just a counter that, uh, where you can hand a list uh, might work as a way to get over the fact that not everybody has access to Postmates or whatever. Right. And I think that, I mean, and then you probably just have to, everyone would just have to kind of come to grips with the fact that like, maybe you can't get your shit immediately. Like you got to go drop yeah, off you your order and again, then you however. get it like, you know, a couple hours later, come pick it up. They'll be like, all right, I'll have your bags ready for, you know, like just like that. But I yeah. think yeah. that's, those are the kinds of problem solving exercises that are going on, I think, in the industry, because a lot of especially like people who like who are managing the stores, they're they're the ones who are also being like, fuck, man, I also I kind of want no customers in this motherfucker because these people somehow sometimes don't know how to act. Or unfortunately, my employees get sick and like, how the fuck do we do this where we're doing, you know, it's tough. But yeah, anyway. I think pe holding people accountable is good, though. I think it's OK to say, hey dude, you're being reckless. Get out of this grocery store. <laughs> like, is I think we should start yeah. kicking people out of places if they're not, you know, behaving accordingly. Yeah, because I don't know how, I don't know how pervasive it is like across the state, but I know in LA, like it's pretty much like, yo, don't come in here if you are unmasked. Like, it's just yeah. like, you yeah. need, to, I'm sorry. No mask, you, no service yeah. is so, a sign now. And I don't know yeah. how many other states or cities are doing that, but like, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like just at a fucking minimum, let's just yeah. do fucking everything we can. You're not even allowed to bring yeah. your own personal reusable bags. So now, right. which is, I mean, good because obviously like those bags get used a lot. And I don't, I know from personal experience, I don't clean my reusable bags that often. So that, that can often get pretty. or ever. Like I'll do it like once a year. <laughs> but Damn, look at you, fancy money bags, I, coffee over here. I uh, I just put it down in a wash, you know, the wash machine, 175, not that big of a deal. Um, but I think it's, um. In a weird way, I think it's important 
and and cool to have to test your own patience though when you're saying that like you know we have to be okay with not immediately getting the things you want like yeah. i think instant gratification is a shitty thing that we've learned and i'm excited to have people challenge themselves to learn to not have to get everything they want immediately like you know people right. who didn't grow up in privilege didn't have that experience ever for most of their life sometimes never they they never get it so it's like i'm pretty tired of people whining about not being able to get like a pina colada immediately like go fuck yourself <laughs> right all right guys let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're back coronavirus what is it disinformation Ooh. oh what is it yeah, there, there's a couple of things that seemed transparently like bullshit to, I think, most people who were paying attention, who would be listening to this show, I guess. One of them being that uh, Bill Gates started the coronavirus uh, and in order to profit off of a cure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problems with that is that he doesn't need to do that to make all the money in the world because uh, he's already a, a billionaire the, not a not a good plan by him yeah but they need more they need more though that's why i believe it man because when does it stop oh man? interesting um so that was one of the really dumb uh pieces of misinformation there was another thing uh that i actually kind of got caught up in because there, there was a uh about you uh, two being from another. No, uh, there was a thing about uh, there was a thing that the U.S. military was going to start enforcing stay-at-home orders, basically. And there was this video that was uh, shared on social media that had like this big line of tanks driving into San Diego. That was being shared as like, this is right now, you guys. The military's coming in to enforce. And it was not. It was like some sort of, they were coming for like a military exercise or something. Yeah, and, also, uh, it's not like there's like a gigantic base right there. It'd be fun right. if it was like, <laughs> exactly. like what? three people cosplaying as tanks for Comic-Con. They're like, look, it's happening. It's, <laughs> it's time. Yeah, it's like living by Dodger Stadium and like seeing people in Dodger gear and you're like, whoa, I don't know about this. <laughs> Think a gang's in town to take over the right, city. Guys. Enough of this making fun of me for being stupid. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did for a second. I was like, "Oh no, honey, come here, look at this!" <laughs> Lock the was, doors. Well, there was another video that was one from uh, from a guy in Silver Lake, and I know who took that. It was like a, someone I know's boss or some shit was taking because there's another one from Silver Lake with ones going by the reservoir, and they're like, "It's L.A. too, man." It's not like, yeah, yeah. you know, they have to move infrastructure around, but yeah. Some fucking development show is like, it's happening. <laughs> you've yeah. also, you've got to consider people who own tanks recreationally and need to travel them from place to place, you know, at a time like this. Obviously, it's, a, you know, that right. not you deliberately, but they'll be confusing a lot of people, not unlike yourself, Jack, sort of the... Yeah, the, uh, the fucking idiots right. of society will probably uh-huh. find it pretty confusing. <laughs> Fair, uh, you know, I've I've been nailed. Uh, <laughs> of, of those but, theories, I like the Bill and Melinda Gates one better. That's more fun for me. Yeah, yeah, it's more there, fun. It's he wants it's to like buy Melinda fact- a new body or something. Like he <laughs> yeah. just wants to make her an, an Iron Man suit, so he had to do this. I really like watching them interviewed together because he checks 
with her. Like when he talks, he's always like kind of gesturing to her to be like, she's really letting me say this. Like that's what his body language says. And I like it. Like she clearly runs, runs shit in that household. The other reason that people thought that was believable was because Bill Gates was like, hey, we are really in a bad place for a pandemic like this could be coming last year. And people were like, no way could science tell you that this must be a conspiracy theory. But anyways, uh, a lot of these are, it turns out, being not necessarily started, but definitely stoked by uh, Russia, China and uh, Iran, uh, according to U.S. intelligence. Facebook in particular, it ju- it's the same sort of dynamic that is. has been fucking with the U.S. in general for the past seven years. One thing I've noticed is uh, Russia absolutely love goofing around with you guys on Facebook. It's one of their <laughs> big <laughs> hobbies. Yeah, yeah. I just want to tell them, knock it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, if only some Russians were listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, you know, we could yeah. finally get sort this thing out once and for all. Please, come on, knock That's it right. off. All right, enough with that now. And like, even like more so now than four years ago, it's truly only parents on Facebook now. Like, there's yes, they're the only ones left. It's a huge that, right. voter block of dumb, 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 dumb. That's people. the only. That's the only way you're gonna get that kind of news i'm like i've never heard anyone say that to me about something right. that's happening right now about like yeah you know that's i'm like what no it's like our mom's right. friends yeah <laughs> right it's the exact exactly. generation of people who would take the information as read and then sort of dispense it with total authority without considering right. yes. second guessing it <laughs> yes. at all the right. sort of things my mom posts on Facebook would make you sick. Like it makes <laughs> it's like an entirely different language. She'll just send she sent me like ten memes in a row, like within six minutes yesterday, and then ended up being like, by the way, your childhood friend has COVID real bad. And then like waited <laughs> t- <laughs> It was oh five I I'll send you the screenshot. It's like it's like two horny memes. One like three emojis. One thing saying like <laughs> Massachusetts clo- schools are closed for the rest of the year, and then your dear friend has COVID, and then ten minutes later he's fine. I feel <laughs> like wow. your mom. <laughs> your mom should start a newsletter. That sounds She's like <laughs> a lot of fun. Great way to start the day. Just yeah, a, my God. that's great content, Jamie. That's yeah. what that's called. Yeah, content really creation content. runs courses through my veins. That whole experience felt like uh, like an ayahuasca simulator. <laughs> <laughs> the engagement on that communication has to be through the roof. So it, she should actually be working in tech. She sent she sent me a picture of my dog at some point in the middle. Is wild. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, a lot of you know this overlaps with Q. Which this is one of the, I, I'm sure a lot of other people have had this thought before, but like Q is probably real, like, right? Yeah. He's probably. I had that like, thought too, man. He's probably Mueller, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, they're, like at the very least, he's probably uh, stoked by a, a foreign country that wants to fuck with how the US functions. Uh, but anyways, I, I thought there was a in this article uh, on the Wall Street Journal that was about uh, how hatred of the Gates Foundation and uh, his speculation that he started coronavirus is next to a list of like most popular articles. And like the number two one is Bill and Melinda Gates 
uh, bought a $43 million house in San Diego. And it just, it's like, ah. <laughs> some hot overlap. Yeah. That's but some it's hot, also hot, hot overlap. overlap. It's hot overlap, but it's also like this algorithm driven like world where it's, I don't know. It's what whatever they think will get people to click is just the thing that serves us our news rather than yeah. like I've I've seen you, the the rest of that most read tab and it's all articles about various different people called Bill right, <laughs> right. Sort of, yeah, you can't exactly. help yourself <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh, another piece of information misinformation uh, it's not like we need these other countries to help spread misinformation because we've got uh, the president. And Dr. Oz doing it themselves. Yeah. Specifically with hydroxychloroquine. You can just call him Mr. Oz, Jack. No one yeah, has right. to call him doctor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Call him the Wizard of Oz now. It's almost too on the nose that he is uh, named Oz and he is like yeah. completely full of shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so he's... You know, him along with the president and many other people on Fox News have been screaming about hydroxychloroquine and how you need to rub it all over your ass and neck or whatever, eat it, and then you will be cured of all your ills. There was like a woman who like tweeted something that the president retweeted even where she was like, I made a full recovery thanks to hydroxychloroquine, trademark. Uh, and, mm. you know, this has been a thing where many experts have said, hold on, we don't know actually anything about this drug. Like, sure, maybe someone, there's some anecdotal evidence, but we don't have anything like really that we can sink our teeth into. So please, can we wait for some real evidence? And now that we have it, it seems like there is no miracle. Uh, one of the latest studies or the f a few studies that have come out showed that the drug basically had no benefit in helping patients uh, that had uh, COVID-19. And then one study that was done with U.S. veterans showed that more deaths were occurring uh, in the group that were being treated with hydroxychloroquine than the group that was not. So that's where it stands now. And now we're seeing everybody from the Trump administration to Dr. Oz doing the Iowa the hydroxy, huh? The what? No, don't know. Yeah. Never Wait, heard of it. What, is, what do we think Stedman thinks about all of this? Because a lot oh. of people, a lot of people are demanding an apology from Oprah for introducing Doctor, like unleashing Doctor Oz and right. Doctor uh, Phil, Phil, the, the two yeah, fake yeah. doctors onto the scene. She has not said anything about it. Uh, I wonder if Stebman's trying to push her one way or another. Not that it would work. Yeah. I'm just I mean, curious about where he stands. Doctor Oz and Doctor Phil are like those two friends you invited to a party, and you're like, I think they're gonna know how to act. And then the beginning they did, and now they do not. They've shown they're like, I should not have invited them to the party. It's That's 3 right. a.m. Yeah. at their party. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they're talking about like eating, like mixing Lysol with like, you Dr. Know, Oz is saying he has products. the last lewds on earth. You're just like, this guy needs to get out of here. <laughs> so, you know, the president was asked about this. They said, hey, have you seen this study? You know, you've been talking a lot about hydroxychloroquine. And he goes, no, nah, nah, I haven't seen this study. But uh, that's something we'll be mm -hmm. taking a look at. And was just like dodging all these questions. And Dr. Oz, I just, again, we really need to, sh we really need to compare the words of this man. Um, okay, let's just go back. What this is the year of our Lord, April 9th. Okay. Of 2020. <laughs> and this is what Dr. Oz is saying about, you know, how people need to embrace it. And the reason people are hating on hydroxychloroquine 
is because Trump, and that's not fair. Just because you don't like that, that a political leader said one thing or the other, it, 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 it undermines the fundamental process of the doctor talking to the patient. Yeah, our, that politician, it, she said it saved her life. She thought she was going to die. And the alternative was take this medicine. So it just makes sense for someone to take it if they think they're going to die. I don't understand why this is so political, but let's, um, anyway, you just need to listen to Wait, your doctor. Can I ask one question? Could, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. May I ask one question? If, the pre if, if it had never been brought up at a White House briefing, this medication, would people still feel the same way about it? That's the fundamental question I think we ought to be asking. Because the ideas around this existed before it was brought up. Okay, so that's him saying, hey, man, this is, they're framing it as people are dying. This could save them. What's the big deal? Now, I, I love that one of the arguments that he makes to bolster the strength of encouraging the use of this drug is that just imagine that no one who is in the highest office in our country brought it up. Like right. immediately identifying that as a reason people would be skeptical. It's insane. Uh, and let's just cut to uh, mere moments ago where this is Dr. Oz on Fox and Friends oh, kind of no. being like, oh, I don't know. I mean, like, we, uh, we, we need to pump the brakes on this whole thing. Well, the VA study looked at older and quite a bit uh, sicker patients, all, all male patients in their hospitals, and they showed that the drug by itself didn't help and might harm that population. As you know, there have been other studies. Uh, then the VA study was retrospective. They looked back to see what had happened because they weren't gathering the data at the time uh, that they were actually uh, giving the, med the medications. Uh, studies that have done this prospectively, so looking forward and giving it as they as collecting data as they're going along, like in France or the randomized trials from China, have shown benefits, but only really when it's given earlier to patients. The fact of the matter is, we don't know. Thankfully, these, doc these medications are prescription only, so doctors are desperately awaiting the completion of the higher right. quality randomized trials. And we've, you've covered them on the show several times. Uh, South Dakota, University of Minnesota now has over 1,000 patients randomized. Uh, there's additional trials going on. Let's get that data so we know what we're dealing with. Almost like that's why you do uh, tests, is so right. that you know. Uh, and you don't talk about it before the tests, before you have that scientific information. But just three weeks ago, it was, you know, if people are dying and they want to take it, just let them take it. I don't know what the big deal is. They don't want to mess with this stuff because the president and to literally saying, um, we just we actually don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> right. What the yeah. fuck? It's so sometimes yeah. it's worse for them. I mean, that's. That's what I'm hearing, but it was, you know, we, we got to find out from the test. It was uncomfortable. I mean, not uncomfortable, but he was squirming. Like, you know, he was trying to sort of say like, oh, like point to these other studies that might actually vindicate him by saying like, you know, there's other ones yeah, that we haven't seen that maybe, but you know, and then this one, it's more retrospective. And, and so it was like, okay, asshole, we get it. You got caught plagiarizing your fucking essay. He does that, like, this is not the first time he's done this either. He's done this, right. like, so many times throughout his career where he'll just push something actively harmful and then, like, backpedal on it when it starts to, like, be, doc like, clearly documented that it's hurting people. Like, he did the same thing when he was telling everyone to get fucking, like, coffee enemas a couple years ago. Right. Like, it's just escalated in the seriousness of how much he's hurting people. Yeah. It's, um, I'll, I'll be the one to say it. It's bad. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Damn it. Again. Guy, I'm we're allowed to, to say it because Christ. we're Americans, but uh, you're actually not allowed to criticize Dr. Oz. Uh, because, <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, it's not. like when someone makes fun of your sibling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you lay the fuck off of Dr. Oz. 
You shut the um, fuck up. And meanwhile, the there are you know the the protesters on the right. Obviously, there aren't as many of them. Like they're getting an inordinate amount of uh, attention for you know not not having huge numbers, but they're now attacking real nurses and real doctors. Uh, not like physically attacking, but like shouting at them and. Uh, getting in their faces and calling them fake nurses and crisis actors. Um, oh wow! So that is, honestly, that's <laughs> if you if you protest that again, just like we have climate change deniers, they need a registry. If you think doctors and nurses are climate are crisis actors, get on a registry where you will go to a a crisis hospital, uh, and yeah. real actors who don't know yeah. what they're doing will treat you. There, I mean, yeah. I, some people. Some people would continue to make that argument. They'd be like, "Wow, that incredible actor did emergency surgery on me. <laughs> <laughs> they must yeah. have gone to fucking Juilliard." <laughs> the thing is, you can, you can believe in this for as long as you choose. Yeah. Like you exactly. can act like, "Wow, I got lucky. I guess I got yeah. the one actor who also trained at medical st- <laughs> school." <laughs> Actually, no. That actor was so method. He did the eight years of medical <laughs> yeah. training to perform that surgery. Oh. <laughs> The dedication of these creeps Method, is really. Yeah. Meanwhile, Doctor Oz is a genuine crisis actor. Like he's a, he's a guy <laughs> right. who has That's been performing exactly right. the role yeah. of a doctor for his whole life. No, no, but this guy, he fucks. Right. <laughs> but we've talked before about how uh, doctors get attacked whenever there's a plague or uh, outbreak like this. So I mean, that's like this is par for the course, and we just have to be ready for it and mm. be aware that that shit's going to happen. Unfortunately. Is one um, of is it? It's a. I'm. It's excuse my ignorance here. It's a challenging position, I guess, because one of the problems is like if you platform all of these people whose you know firmly held beliefs are so far off the boil, mm-hmm. it's like you're you're giving opportunity for more people to catch wind of that and then also buy in. But I mean, what you know, is there any value in just outright ignoring it, or is that sort of just leaving them to their devices mean that you're permitting that behavior to continue? I'm personally of the opinion that you need to talk about it because otherwise it'll just it will be covered on in certain places like in conservative media and it'll be covered as like them doing the right thing. So I just don't like I I don't think you can just totally ignore it and assume it'll go away. Like I think people who are smart need to know about the really dumb shit that's happening and you know, so that we can uh, come up with strategies for dealing with it because otherwise, you know, it'll just, mm. it's like ignoring a fire, you know, it's just, it's gonna yeah. keep to, keep growing. To deplatform all that stuff, I guess you need total buy-in from all facets of the media, which is obviously- <laughs> Right, from <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> which, oh, sorry, it's the Facebook company, you guys. Let's be respectful. The Facebook company. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, the Facebook company. I like them so much more now. Take them seriously, ah. okay? <laughs> I love Facebook. <laughs> we're just a company of people you guys it's not like we're some <laughs> ominous threat we're that's cr- that is wild that their pr was so bad that they like benefited from reminding people they were a company like that's yeah usually people want to distance <laughs> themselves from that it's crazy yeah. to think now the amount of space between the launch of facebook and how ingrained in society it is that we just accept that this website that was a regular feature of our lives is just called facebook like it's the <laughs> most yeah. Sort of robotic right. Android style title for anything. Yeah, it's a book of face. It's just a, f- <laughs> it's a fucking journal of faces for you to crawl through. Yeah, the book of faces is like something very ominous from the world of Game of Thrones. The book of faces. Um, 
Oh, yeah. And also, like, I think the reason they're going with the Facebook company is because the reality is you can think of them as like a hostile, like, nation state. Like, that's how powerful and populous and uh, dangerous they right. are. So they're like, no, we're just just a little company here. Just a they're a startup. social media They company. should get PPP yeah. money. Uh, from <laughs> when I started this in my dorm room as a college freshman as a guy drinking um, snapple apple pies jesus whatever those <laughs> drinks were in his room Oy. so uh old people who have typically been trump's kind of main jam are are starting to get a little bit frustrated with him uh <laughs> at least at this point we'll see if uh that holds or if the fox news of it all and the divisions of a, of the upcoming election change that trend but as of right now we're starting to see the unthinkable which is a anti-trump trend very very small no. one and uh, all it took among was seniors. a historic mishandling of a global pandemic <laughs> oh, right. yeah <laughs> right finally not even generational like century uh it, it hasn't happened in centuries yeah the yeah. 65 plus crowd has big i don't know i mean again these are polls we can't. I'm, I don't use this to go to sleep at night. I use it to say, "Oh, old. Some old people are angry right now. It looks like, and then we'll see what happens in November." But uh, Biden has a nine point lead over the sixty five plus uh, voting demographic um, in this one poll, uh, and it's pretty significant considering like the next group is like the young people who like that's like the, they're only second to the uh, you know eighteen to thirty four demographic in terms mm -hmm. of like what that the uh, that what the gap looks like. And then there's a morning consult poll that shows that mid-March, the senior citizens were like loved loving it. They approved of his handling of the outbreak at like by a net approval of like plus 19. And then a month later, it swung. I was just to say that had to have points. been early. Yeah, yeah. It's dropped 20 points. So it's weird. I mean, I, again, I'm not saying that they've completely lost hope, but it must it must have an effect on elderly people, even though they have like their steady Fox News diet, that they're not dumb enough to n ignore the news that like older people are dying in like scores in like nursing right. homes and probably younger relatives are like saying, hey, don't be stupid. This could be really bad. And they're like, hmm. So, yeah, yeah the, the numbers kind of show that. I've been, I mean, I've been working with seniors like almost every day for the last month and it's like people are getting fucking pissed. And I mean, like rightfully so, but as, as like the, I mean, it's kind of, it's weird because I feel like some of it falls into like, oh, we're like-minded where they're, they're really frustrated with how the government is handling um, just treatment and making sure that uh, seniors are protected. And then there's another faction of seniors that are like, I just want to go fucking outside. And so they're, they're mad that he's telling us to stay inside. So, you know, seniors are wild. You know, we got to protect them, but you don't have to listen to their opinions too carefully or you'll start to get a headache. I co-signed that. I think keep them alive, but there's got to be a cutoff where they don't get to vote anymore. They're not going to be living <laughs> through the consequences of their decision. Like, right? It seems absurd because all of your presidential candidates, for a time, <laughs> seem to be within that same age bracket. So it seems rude to let them run for president but not vote for who becomes president. But there's got to be a point where you say, "Look, guys, your hands are off the wheel at this point." Yeah. Obviously, I can't I, imagine this getting a, a lot of groundswell support. But it's just, <laughs> I'm just pontificating a crazy theory where it's like if you're over 
75, you don't vote. It's only between right. 18 and 75 you get to vote. And otherwise, your or opinions... Or at the very least, it's like the like the legislation that does affect it. It's like, uh, hold on. Like, you, you, don't, you, don't need to, you, don't get a, you don't get a say in this thing about, like, what our energy mix is going to look like for the next 40 years if you're a septuagenary or whatever. And it's like kind of a voting block that generally tends to vote on issues that only affect them specifically. Uh, but now it is affecting them specifically in like huge numbers. So I I don't know. It it makes sense to me that Trump would lose a fair number of them. Yeah. To to make a huge difference, all you would have to do is make them their vote commensurate with their representation in the population because they actually are overrepresented. They vote way more than anybody else. So mm. if you just like made it like, well, they're 15% of the population, so their vote counts for 15% of like the overall vote total, that would completely like wow. shift the shift how uh, America looked. And, it, and, and truth, it does sound pretty brutal to uh, take the power of voting away from them because younger people can't be bothered to do it. With hindsight, you know, obviously <laughs> no, we're right. still ironing out the kinks on this thought they experiment. Call, they don't call them senior <laughs> citizens for nothing. They're good ass citizens. Yeah, they are. They go out. And they're old too. I love <laughs> They live up to every every aspect of the title. <laughs> they're really nailing it when it comes to being seniors and being citizens. Man, I uh, I love my seniors. I hope they don't vote for Trump. That would be great. Mm. Jamie, you're out there doing the the Lord's work. Just listening uh, to recaps sure of Bosch. Eighty percent <laughs> of the job. people love Bosch. People, people love old Bosch, old people apparently. love Bosch. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that of... to Gabrus the other day, but old people love Bosch. <laughs> old, the olds love Bosch. <laughs> Sounds like I need to tune in. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and so is the Olive Garden Woo! at number one in our I just, hearts. They need to go. Look, everyone now more than ever is doing wow. their part to bring smiles to faces, as they have for years. Um, yeah, and like some of these, like you know, PR stunt things are just. This one is such a hey fellow. It reeks of hey fellow kids kind of like marketing that it's just hilarious. So I love it. Olive Garden. Yes, it is the spot for teenagers to feel like they're balling. To be like, oh, let's yeah. go. Like if you're 15, six, my mom will drop. I have enough to eat at Olive Garden. We will pretend we can tip after this meal. And then when the bill comes, everyone's like, "What? No!" Right? Yeah. It's a right, good like. Exactly. An I went on like an anniversary date, oh. quote unquote, in high school to Olive Garden. To We're the OG? like, "Holy shit!" Oh, yeah, cool. it's exciting. Thank you for the hospitaliano. And you're like, so <laughs> the they uh, the, apparently they refer to themselves as quote the unofficial pre prom restaurant, which actually kind of tracks with my own experiences of being like, "Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, we'll yeah hit the Olive Garden, the OG." So now they're doing like again doing their part because in these difficult times now more than ever they want to bring us together so, amid coronavirus panic all of garden throws I it all. i'm so yeah, glad exactly. they have my back i feel good about it <gasps> feel so with so hashtag safe. olive garden prom basically they're saying like kids can take a picture by themselves like someone takes a photo of you in your prom outfit and then their date do the same thing and then if you submit it together with the hashtag someone will stitch the photos together 
and make it seem like the last you're together. unfurloughed employee. Okay, yeah. that's yeah, a exactly. really mean thing to do. I hope that they're. I mean, I hope that their hourly rate is good for doing it's, that horrible task. This is also what's even worse is some like they have an app where you can do. They have downloadable prom breadstick bouquets, which feature. So those are like okay. ones they can jump like mm-hmm. lay on top of the photo with things Files. like Cavatappi Queen or Prince of Parmesan and Breadstick Bay. This is still less embarrassing to me than John Krasinski's weird YouTube channel. So I don't yes. know. Yes. Wow. I got okay. roasted the last time I made fun of John Krasinski's weird YouTube channel. But guess what? It's fucking weird. I'm with you on that one. I haven't. I can't bring myself to watch it because I'm like, I don't want to hear from John Krasinski outside of an ep- uh, me watching you don't want The to. Office. You High. definitely don't want he to. Did, he, d- he did a prom episode of his creepy YouTube channel. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't need this. I will say like... All these food companies are getting in trouble for taking small business bailout money. Like Shake Shack took all this money and then they had to give yeah. it back. Ruth's Chris right. took it. Ruth. Olive Garden, not taking that bailout. They're just helping teens during this troubling dark time. We're in this together. Cheesecake Factory, they're like, we don't need the we don't need the bailout. We're just not gonna pay rent. And you're like, oh <laughs> yeah. sick. They're right. like, they're like, what are you sick. gonna do, landlord? We're the, the Cheesecake power. Factory. Yeah, you yeah. can't. They're untouchable. What are you gonna do to us? I know I'm being overly sympathetic to them, but I just, um, I, I would go to Olive Garden prom before I go to John Krasinski prom. If it comes to that, that's where I, that's where my loyalty lies. Olive Everybody's going to have to choose oh, yeah. a side when the revolution comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would tip off the revolution. Cheesecake Factory getting evicted. That's when people fucking rise up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, that would yeah. be the end. Comrade Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> God, people love that John Krasinski show so much. The do they some good news? It, but uh, they love it. it makes uh, sense. It's so it's so transparent on its surface out. why people watch it. Like it's he. It's like any idea anyone would have. You know what people could really use right now? Something you can watch that doesn't isn't going to stress you out. That'll put a smile on your face, and then you can go back to your cruel world. But like, I'm just too cynical to be like. I don't want that. I want to watch more Oz. There, uh-huh. well, it's got to be better than Jack Ryan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what I'm saying. Um, speaking of uh, Hey Fellow Kids marketing tactics. So Stakem, you've probably heard, has like this damn near killed Twitter him. persona. Stakem damn near killed him. Right. Uh, they have this Twitter persona where they're like really dark and they're like, Friendly reminder in times of uncertainty and misinformation, anecdotes are not data. Like saying things that are actually true in sort of an angsty way where it's like, huh, that's so weird that it's coming from Steakum, the uh, company that sells shitty fake meat. Well, it turns <laughs> out it's the work of the marketing firm that they hired, uh, which mm. probably pretty obvious. Uh, but the firm's owner got their 28-year-old son, Nathan, to write the tweets. Whoa. Uh, according to Nathan, he Nate, tries to embody <laughs> the, quote, brand features, like how it was a family-owned oh frozen meat company built by the working class, uh, which isn't true. We'll get to that. But uh, yeah. And he says he tries to personify the brand using, quote, his own thoughts and an, quote, adaptable human-esque style. That's yeah. so, like, so his dad is just like, Nate, you're depressed, right? Write something down. <laughs> hey, here, here. Get off TikTok and get into my company's account. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm gonna give you the login for the Stakeum Twitter. Hold on, hold on, hold on, go. Oh, 
Just tweet what you normally would. Just tweet what you normally yeah. would. I'm surprised <laughs> the account hasn't tweeted something. Do some of that millennial bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like something about like his bitch ex-girlfriend yet. Like at That's some point, so isn't Nathan going to slip up and forget he's logged into the yeah. state? The meltdown is coming. Well, it's definitely yeah. going through his stage mom or stage dad of a... Uh, you know, the company owner, his dad, his employer, who's like, come on, Nate, this is shit. Like, can you imagine what the relationship is like between them? What is this shit? This is what they like, dad. Everybody's sad. Pelting him with like legal notepads filled with tweet like drafts that he's like, none of these are (laughs) good enough. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. These are not human-esque enough. (laughs) More human. Uh, this isn't steakums. So Ursa's like a dad. The dad says it. Like I just, I hope that they still live together. And they like have <laughs> breakfast together. And he's like, uh-huh, uh, yeah. Nate, I've really been loving your work. Um, but I would love if you mentioned steak once, like <laughs> just yeah, just fucking once, Nate. So their ultimate goal is obviously to sell steakums, uh, which like that's literally like. Poison. So that that's one thing that like I, I hadn't really thought about what Steakums was. I just knew it as like a what weird is, frozen is food it thing. Not is it for people? It started when a uh, person whose like family business was uh, meat shipping realized that they could form the emulsified meat product that is comprised of beef trimmings left over after the animal is slaughtered and all the primary cuts. Uh, such as tenderloin filet and ribeye are removed. So this is like the leftovers. Uh, the We're leaving all this meat, money on the ground. <laughs> the emulsified meat is pressed into a loaf and sliced, frozen and packaged, and then they turn it into steakum. Yeah, so the son of a meat packer invented a log of beef byproducts, uh, which his dad promptly threw at him, shouting, nobody is ever going to buy this shit. And then they sold this quote unquote family company to Heinz back in 1980. But I, I do like that Steakum started with a terrible father son relationship and uh, is now ending with one. Company tradition. Then there was someone who tried to start a rumor that that guy Nathan was the son of David Koresh from I the saw Branch Davidians. Wait, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. So in Waco, <laughs> in, in our timeline, that could be fucking true, though. That like awful ATF FBI raid that like ended with like eighty people dying. That they were saying that <laughs> someone was trying to say that Nathan was the son of David Koresh, and people were like, "Yeah, yep. that makes sense." Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow! 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 Okay. That tracks. I have a uh, entire epic uh, screenplay that I wrote in my early twenties about the son of David Koresh. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you did. Do. Wait, can yeah, we do man. a Santa University style? I don't know where it, it is, but uh, I mean, let's go. Put some time in. You know where it is. Uh, it's in a safe you deposit know box. Exactly where it's, it is. That I sh- that I mailed to myself. Wow. Uh, so at least the manuscript. Yep. Yep. Uh, can somebody track down who spread that rumor? Because I'm going to sue them for trademark. <laughs> I think that, that was my that's idea like, <laughs> that David Koresh's son goes viral. That's oh the first God. piece of terrible advice you get when you try to become a writer. Is someone yeah, goes, exactly. yeah, dude. And then just mail the script to yourself, yeah, to and yourself. then you're good, dude. Copyright. That's no right. Fifteen years later. Yeah. So I I am kind of obsessed with David Koresh and Waco and that whole thing and uh, there is a new miniseries on. I was Netflix watching it. Right yeah, now. I haven't. Is it good? Is it good? I haven't watched it. Uh, it's funny because there's so many people from Boardwalk Empire in it, like Michael Shannon. Right. They got and Michael, then, oh, yeah. Shannon. Nookie's Michael Shannon, Nookie's brother. 
And then the other blonde guy who was like the Polish guy. Anyway, yeah, I don't right. know any of that. I'm terrible with the names. I just remember their character. But it was weird for me Cream to watch the it. the character actor crop. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, this is all Boardwalk Emp. Anyway, I very quickly like started blowing through the episodes. I'm like maybe at episode four right now, and I'm still okay. kind of enjoying it. You know who's going to end up like David Koresh? Who? Jared Leto. Oh, Jared Leto, yeah, yeah. That's where well, it's Jared Leto is actually David Koresh's son, father. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that on Twitter. <laughs> Jared Leto is secretly old. I like that theory. The series is well acted, and it's told in a cool way because, like, I've, I've, I was pretty interested in the whole Waco Branch Davidians incident, and had watched like, like you know, all the news documentaries and stuff about it. But yeah. this one's kind of cool. The dra- dra- dramatization because they start with the day the raid happens. And then they like just smash cut to like nine months later. So they give you, they kind of sandwich the whole thing for you nicely in the first episode. Hell yeah. Should that be our rewatch? Nah. Fuck nah. <laughs> also, it's made, it's made by uh, the guys who made that like Daniel Craig racist movie where like oh. he's in a foreign country. Is it Daniel Craig? Like he's in a foreign country, but like it's basically very straight up like white people versus terrorists. Um, That's Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yep. Jack Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Right. Right. That's John starring Krasinski's the Some Jack Good Ryan. News Network guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I like that guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I gotta find it. But the writers, directors of that are the people behind like some really whack shit. All right. So guys, let's let's talk real quick. What what are we thinking for our rewatch over the weekend uh, uh, that we can go deep with people on? I, I'm uh, feeling very indecisive this week. I don't know. Miles, it's your decision. I was going to suggest National Treasure, but we just did that on the Bechtel cast. I would talk about it again, though. Do it again. Well, let's not cannibalize your your takes there since you, they've, they can find the, that gold. No, on she's your got show. takes ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, to go. these are the same ones from the show. <laughs> <laughs> these are stale takes. It. Oh, these are stale takes. Should we do Men in Black? I thought we were t- we were dancing around that one. I'm down to do Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Good Black is widely available too, right? It's it's, it's on, on Netflix, uh, I think. Okay, well then, Men in Black it is. That's a good one. Lots of people have seen it. Lots of people will be able to rewatch it if they want to get go deep again. Barry uh, Sonnenfeld. Right. Barry, Barry Sonnenfeld, who is just a network favorite. We love him. It's uh, true. You yeah. love him, folks. You gotta love him. I dude, I love this movie so much because I was such a Will Smith fan as a kid, I had the screenplay that I would read oh, over and wow. over and over again that I bought that at Bookstore. Wow. Precious. Yes. That is amazing. Honestly, I would used to tell people all the time, I'll make this look good. <laughs> Way too often. It's you know what good. the difference between you and me is? I make this, I make look, this good. look good. That was like the then he like, puts on the sunglasses. That was like the yeah. more swaggy version for like black kids, rather than saying like "Somebody stop me!" <laughs> uh, yeah, I make this look good. You know what I mean? By um, far the better option. I was that. That's I was so the mask kid. I was like nailed. It. <laughs> yeah. no, but you know, I was also mask. I was Do also mask gang. You go know? in there smoking. <laughs> Oh, what do you guys know about then. Cuban Pete? Oh, oh he's a king of There's so many, beat. so many kids whose entire sense of humor was Jim Carrey impressions in the like and early nineties. Oh yep. yeah, checking yeah. in, checking in. Hello. And it sh- <laughs> 
All right. Well, so Men in Black it is. Everybody uh, rewatch that this weekend. We will be back on Monday to uh, talk about it and just, just analyze. Pick it apart, eviscerate it. Carl, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Where can people Thank you guys uh, find so you and follow you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Carl Hess. That's K-A-R-L-H-E-S-S. Nailed it. Um, I also have a food podcast called Yelling About Pate. If you want more cabbage takes, talk about a cabbage <laughs> a lot on there. Uh, that's ah. at YapPod on Instagram, Y-A-P-P-O-D. All right. And is there a tweet or some other work of uh, social media you've been enjoying? Yes. I really like this one from a guy named Cullen Crawford at Hello Cullen. Mm. Just yeah. do a show where Elaine, Seinfeld, and Kramer were murdered in jail and Costanza has to readjust to society. <laughs> <laughs> Genius idea. Genius. Uh, uh, that's so good. Jamie, where can people find you and what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on uh, twitter.com slash Jamie Loftus help or on Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. And I'm going to shout out the goddamn January Jones video. It's hey. so good. Oh, it's, shit. I was I was not following January Jones on Instagram because my why I, I didn't know I should have been. Uh, but uh, my friend Cassie Olson at Olson Cassidy reposted uh, something that January Jones had posted, which is her trying to make one of those like celebrity stay at home videos about like how gardening has helped her, but <laughs> which would which would have sucked. But her eight year old son is directing the video and he keeps like making her stop and start over and it just like devolves into gray gardens in the first 30 seconds where oh, she's I in this it. like robe and he's like cut i need more emotion and she's like i disagree <laughs> i don't think i need more emotion like she's like taking his direction so seriously how old she's is like all right is the son he's eight and she's but january <laughs> jones she's just a weird lady like and then when i looked at her instagram i'm like oh she's a weird lady like she's like posting all these videos of her sweeping her house wearing masks and you're just like i don't know what's going on with her but she takes her son's direction so seriously and by the end he's kind of like broken her a little bit and she's just like i just don't know what you want me to do like i think his name's like xander because he's like some rich kid but he's like she's like xander i just don't know what you want me to do he's like do it xander. again <laughs> oh my God. do it right it's so good you have to watch it xander that dane so good. <laughs> yeah of course xander jones if you don't <laughs> Say action right now. You're Xander Dane Jones. Uh, Miles, where can people find you and follow you? And what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray. On my other show, 420 Day Fiance, talking about 90 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Uh, some tweets I like. God damn. This one just cuts right through my spirit. It's from Reductress. It says, how I'm staying sane by jogging and telling everyone about how I'm jogging. <laughs> that's, oh, uh, that's about me right about that's the now guys you ball. gotta jog let me tell you baby it's so meditative uh and also <laughs> one more from reductress quiz have you made the bon appetit focaccia yet or do you live with someone you can fuck <laughs> <laughs> feel that feel that at Tweet Potatoes 314 tweeted, Priest, the groom has chosen to write his vows. Me. Hi, everyone. I'd like to perform an acapella version of the song that most perfectly encapsulates my bride, the beautiful and amazing Grace. Audience, ah, me into mic. Yeah, it's been. Uh, <laughs> 
And then Ada MacVN tweeted, daily reminder that turtles are not inside their shells. They are their shells. And it's a picture of like a turtle skeleton. And apparently they are like, there's not a shell really. Uh, and Natalie Rotter Lateman <laughs> tweeted, imagine getting this reminder daily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. Bye.